Welcome back to the Movie Babble Podcast. This week you have myself, Colin, and I'm joined by Brennan as we talk about the opening weekend for Annabelle Comes Home and Yesterday. And, as always, you can check us out online at moviebabblereviews.com. So, breaking down this week's top five, we've got Toy Story 4 once again in the number one spot with $57.93 million domestically. Annabelle Comes Home opened to the number two spot at $20.37 million over the weekend, and it was a bit of an earlier release. So in the five days it's been out, it's actually at $31.2 million, uh, but we'll talk a little bit about that later on. Then the number three spot was yesterday which opened up to 17 million domestically aladdin hanging on in the number four spot at 9.34 million and the secret life of pets 2 rounds out the top five with just a little bit over 7 million so toy story is still the number one spot nick and i talked about this last week we're not just completely surprised it did have about a 52 percent drop which is pretty drastic for toy story as a franchise uh, these first to second week drops normally haven't been uh, that that large so it is just again kind of showing how toy story isn't necessarily plummeting but it is kind of slowing down and just doesn't have as much steam as it did in the past and you know i think that's just a testament to the fact that it's the fourth movie in a saga that everyone kind of thought was finished so you know it's not Pulling terrible numbers, uh, Toy Story 4 is by all means one of the year's biggest successes at this point. It is sitting at about $237 million domestic, sitting just shy of $500 million worldwide. So it's it's still pulling along very well. Uh, yeah, for sure. I think that uh, we look at this 52% drop, and I think that's a little bit expected just because um, I remember last week Nick was saying this thing will probably have legs. I think this will have legs, but after weekend two. I think what you see is you see in the first weekend the people that are really dying to get their day one will show up weekend one. Weekend two, it kind of teeters off, and then word of mouth hits, and I think that will start kind of playing into weekends three, four, five, six, and so on. So we should expect that 52% drop to just happen this weekend. Um, it'll probably be more of a 40% week in and week out uh, as it as it progresses throughout its box office run yeah this movie is pretty much at 500 million dollars now after two weekends worldwide um i think it's somewhat depending on how the next few weeks go somewhat on its way to a billion dollars that'd be huge i mean toy story 3 surpassed a billion dollars itself so that that'd be good for the franchise to hit that marker um ba you're right i think that this is a film that while it's great i really enjoyed it myself um i think that a lot of people were kind of caught off guard and very skeptical about this film and I think Pixar really just showed people why they are great because they came up with another great film. This isn't like a Cars two, right? This is a uh, this is a sequel with purpose and a sequel that matters and a sequel that was done well. But I I understand why people would be nervous for this just because of how uh, how great the third one ended. Um, but I think we'll probably see the drops be a little bit more respectable from week week to week as as this film progresses. But yes, as we said, it's not a disaster at all. Five hundred million worldwide after two weekends is really good. 236 million domestically already. 
Um, that's good for, I believe, fourth at the domestic box office this year so far. Uh, so that's, that's, that's pretty good stuff. And all four of those films um, are Disney movies. So <laughs> they're, uh, they're, they're pulling in the money. I mean, you have Endgame at one, Captain Marvel 2, Aladdin 3, and Toy Story 4. Four, and probably has the legs to overtake Aladdin in the three spot. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens as as things progress. But this movie, it looks like it it's it's a, definitely going to be a huge hit. Yeah, and I think this week we'll probably see another kind of steep drop just because you do have Homecoming opening up um, tomorrow night by, by most accounts, um, but really opening wide on Tuesday. Um, and so Spider-Man will take a, a substantial chunk of Toy Story's business, at least for this first weekend, I'd, I'd imagine. Um, but overall, yeah, I think this movie is going to have pretty strong legs. Pixar in general tends to have really strong legs with all of its movies. Toy Story is kind of its go-to franchise. I mean, people know this franchise. People love this franchise. I think we're going to be talking about Toy Story 4 for quite a while. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, so we'll move on to another doll movie. Uh, Nick and I talked about this a lot last weekend, and it has knocked Child's Play far out of the second second place spot. Is Annabelle Comes Home, which again has you know twenty point three seven million for the weekend, a little over thirty million for the five days it opened. Um, the Conjuring franchise just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, you know, in, around twenty ten was I think sometime when the, the first one came out mm -hmm. and they've just spun it off, sequeled it, prequeled it. And Annabelle comes home is just another Testament to the fact that people really love kind of this blend of, of demonic horror and creepy dolls and, and all the cliches you, that you get with that. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. This is the sixth film in the conjuring franchise. We have the conjuring one and two, we have Annabelle, Annabelle creation and Annabelle comes home and we have the nun. Um, this is the lowest opening weekend of all six of the films, but as we did say, this came out on the Wednesday, so it's a five-day opening. Um, even then, it, it puts it a little bit lower than the other films, but I don't think it's a huge problem for these types of movies because they always have very small budgets. They're always very smart at kind of marketing these movies, so they're going to be fine for sure, and this this is a pretty strong showing for them. I know that there's another Conjuring Universe film coming out in 2020, so I don't know how long they can last. I think from now, uh, the Annabelle movies might, they might be slowing down 100%. I mean, I know the second one got great reviews, um, and it had legs. It made $100 million. It outgrossed the first. This movie, however, I don't think it will be as big of a hit as some of the other Conjuring-verse films uh, by the end of its run, but we'll see what happens for sure. Um, I think it's a respectable opening. I think they're definitely probably happy with it. And there's no real horror movie coming out for the next little bit. I mean, you have Crawl, which comes out in a few weeks. But I think kind of this style horror, there's nothing for a little while. And yeah, Child's Play, that's a... I know they were kind of marketing it with Toy Story 4, um, the back and forth banter there, which was pretty pretty uh, exciting stuff in, in terms of marketing. But it was a poor release in hindsight because you see now Annabelle Comes Home is wiped off uh, Child's Play, wiped Child's Play off the map. And I think Annabelle kind of suffers from what happens to most of these breakaway hit horror movies. So you look at, you know, the Saw franchise of the 2000s and Final Destination. You look at Paranormal Activity uh, coming from this past decade and The Purge is you have a successful horror movie and then they just bleed it as quickly as they can. So this is the sixth Conjuring movie in almost as many years. Um, I'm 
believe the first Conjuring movie came out in 2013. They've had mm-hmm. one every year except for 2015. You look at Paranormal Activity was kind of the same way. The Purge was kind of the same way. And these movies just they become really popular very quickly and they also die out very quickly because there's just so much thrown at you and it at some point you kind of run out of different ways that you know the haunted doll can scare somebody or that the the paranormal activity can be filmed with a security camera and so that we see these franchises come and go very frequently and very quickly yeah for sure i think that if you're a horror fan though you have a lot to uh, a lot to enjoy these last couple of weeks and with crawl in a couple of weeks as well so that, that pretty cool for kind of the horror uh horror fans out there but yeah as, as you said these these kind of uh these types of horror films they they come quick and they go quick 100 percent. yep and so we'll move on to yesterday which has been kind of it's been a pretty buzzy film so far in kind of the the indie or the the non-mainstream world uh so it's about the guy that wakes up and he's the only person who remembers the beatles um, so it opened to 17 million this weekend and I enjoyed it. I thought the film was pretty well done. It's open to a lot of mixed reactions, just about so many different aspects of the movie. Um, but I think it's just a very pleasant movie. You know, you go and you get to hear Beatles songs for two hours. You get to kind of dive into the meaning of them and the the creation and the recreation of them quite a bit. So if you're you're a Beatles fan, you'll love it. Uh, there were a lot of older people in the audience when I went. I think this is going to be a very popular movie for older people um, just because it is kind of their music and it is a very it's a very unique premise and you know it's not gonna click with everybody but i think for people that that want to click with yesterday it's gonna click for them pretty well yeah 100 percent. i haven't got the chance to see this yet i'm gonna go as soon as i can um because i just i just really enjoyed the trailer i like the premise um you have a pretty competent director behind behind the camera as well um so i think looking at it with a 17 million dollar domestic opening weekend i don't think they're too upset by that i think that's a pretty decent opening i know the budget for this movie is 26 million um plus marketing i mean the movie's a little bit costly for what it is but if this is a movie that is a feel-good film that kind of catches a little bit of legs because as you said kind of tap into that beatles nostalgia it, it could definitely have legs and it could definitely make a good chunk of money heading into the early parts of July. So I think we just have to see how this one plays out. Yeah. And I mean, you definitely see the budget with the movie. Um, they do a lot of different recognizable locations. You know, they bounce back and forth between Europe and Los Angeles in this movie. There are quite a few sequences where they have really large crowds. Um, so, you know, it's a pretty high budget for what it is. Um, you wouldn't normally see a budget that large with kind of an original idea like this, but I think overall, it's just a nice, pleasant movie. Um, you'll go, you'll have a good few hours. You'll get to explore a really interesting premise. And they they kind of explore the world without the Beatles, but they don't spend too much time just picking through the minutia of that world. And so it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, I, I can't stress enough how just like pleasant and, and fine this movie is to just go and zone out for two hours. Good stuff. Yeah, so we'll move along to Aladdin, which has, again, it's been probably the most consistent performer. Um, not not necessarily in terms of, oh, this has made the most money, but this is just seeing these really small drops and continue to bring in just really strong returns every weekend that it's back at the box office. Um, you know, we're heading into The Lion King 
comes out here in about three weeks. So I think we're going to see the success kind of come to an end because it will have direct competition, but also from Disney. Um, but right now, Aladdin is just making money. I mean, <laughs> Disney has the top four grossing movies this year. Aladdin is one of them. Uh, nobody is very upset with this box office performance. Oh, oh, for sure. This is huge. I think uh, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. This movie, while it isn't the highest grossing movie of the year, it's probably the most consistent film of uh, 2019. And I think that's huge. Um, no one really knew how this film was going to perform. And in the end, this movie is turning out to be a massive surprise success. And I think it's uh, just going to continue to make money, as you said, until until the Lion King kind of breaks out there. We'll see how it plays out. I think they'll probably have some double feature specials. I think Disney's definitely the type uh, to do that. I know they did that with Dumbo. Um, they'll probably do that again. So Aladdin's just going to keep making its money. It's it's pretty incredible. I think it, I don't remember another movie this year that had legs quite like Aladdin has. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting to look at, you know, even when we were talking in the weeks leading up to this, you know, I think you and I both pegged it around maybe 500, maybe 600 million worldwide. Uh, I think Nick's might have actually been a little bit lower for his estimate. And, you know, it, it didn't open up to just the, the largest uh, weekend opening ever, but it has just consistently performed. And I mean, it just keeps going. It, it will not quit. Yeah, for sure. It's quite remarkable. I think, um, I don't know how surprised Disney is about this. I don't know if they saw things that we didn't or, or that kind of people who are projecting this movie didn't see, but this movie is becoming a, a true, truly just a huge, huge hit. I mean, you look at it, it's at 874 million worldwide. It will get to 900 million worldwide and it's making a fair chunk overseas too. I mean, you look at this film, Overseas, it's made already $560 million. I mean, that's massive stuff. That's fourth um, fourth overseas this year behind Endgame, Captain Marvel, and the Chinese film The Wandering Earth. So, I mean, it's quite quite incredible just what Aladdin's doing. I, I didn't see this coming, I have to admit. So, kind of eating my words on that. But uh, this, this, this film's kind of huge. And I think by the end of the year, we'll look, look back at, and, at it and, and kind of see it as one of the most consistent performers of the year. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I fully expect Lion King to outgross it. Um, there's been a lot more hype around the movie, and it's just, I think, the more popular and the more accessible uh, film, if you're talking about the original. Um, but can, looking at the legs that Aladdin has had on it so far, I can't even imagine, like, the business that Lion King is about to do here in a few weeks. Oh, 100%. I'm quite... I, I I don't know if I don't know if we're ready yet. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> Sp Spider Man is going to be big, um, but in terms of July releases, Spider Man versus The Lion King, that I think is probably the biggest biggest kind of kind of showdown of the summer. I know they're kind of released three weeks apart or so, but it's still going to be fun to look back on the month of July and see what the biggest grosser was between those two films. So I'm pretty excited to see that. I think that based off just Aladdin's success alone. Uh, we can expect the Lion King to not only do Aladdin numbers, but do do a ton more than Aladdin numbers, which is which is remarkable. And I, I always look back to the Jungle Book a couple of years ago. Um, that's a film that came just shy of a billion dollars. It just missed a billion dollars. And I don't think the jung uh, Jungle Book is as nearly as loved as the Lion King was pre-re-release time. Like just looking back at their animated 
um, films. I, I think that The Jungle Book was a good animated movie. Um, I'm not knocking the film in any way. I'm just knocking kind of how it impacted pop culture, society, and everyone. I think The Lion King is is on another level. Um, so I, I'm I'm just thinking now what numbers this film could do opening weekend and a hundred million dollars is is probably the low end yeah i mean i fully expect this to be a billion dollar movie yeah um again you look at jungle book that is you know it's not a huge property there wasn't just a ton of hype going into it um the reactions were just good and i mean john favreau is just a really great storyteller and i think it had a lot of things that on paper shouldn't have worked, but when they all came together, they worked and it just continued to make money with Lion King. You have all of those elements, but you also have a lot more nostalgia, a lot more hype. You know, people that went to go see Lion King as a kid are now at the age where they can take their kids to see it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just going to be a huge draw. Just, just pulling this movie forward. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, it's going to be incredible, but just kind of touching back on Aladdin. I mean, looking through the year, um, I just kind of did a quick run through of everything we've seen so far this year. And the only other movie that's kind of had similar legs is John Wick three, um, domestically. I think that there, there really isn't any other major release that's had the legs that, uh, Aladdin's had. I mean, Captain Marvel had pretty good legs, even Endgame, a movie that is incredibly top heavy had decent legs down the stretch but aladdin is just it's really defying the odds of what the the potential is for some of these live action remakes and despite some people being skeptical going in despite some bad early trailers bad early kind of buzz aladdin is defying the odds and and making a ton of money i don't know if this thing can hit a billion dollars i don't know if it has that in it still but this is a 900 million dollar movie when the day is done it's 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 wild Yeah, (laughs) so we'll kind of move on and go to The Secret Life of Pets 2, which rounds out the top five. Uh, This will probably be the last time we talk about this in the top five, Um, but this movie just hasn't had very strong legs at all, Um, especially when you consider that it it opened pretty independent of any direct competition. Um, You know, it, it didn't have any other huge animated movies since March, and then it didn't have any competition from Toy Story for quite a few weeks. But this has just kind of been a very uh, lackluster performing film, especially when you look at, you know, how it stacks up to the first Secret Life of Pets, which was just one of the biggest runaway hits of 2016. And this movie is is barely pulled over 223 million worldwide. It's just it's just kind of disappointing. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, I think that this is just it's it's really shocking that um that that this is kind of happening because this is a film the first film uh was a film that was just it was huge i mean it blew up um uh worldwide it made over well over 800 million dollars as we were touching on it's a massive movie but i think that that the big kind of kicker is with the secret of pets 2 is it's a sequel that we didn't really that that the general public or the movie going population didn't really expect or ask for um and and that's that's it's just odd to kind of see a, a franchise go from 800 million plus in your first movie, 220 million for your second movie. I mean, it's a huge drop off. Now, do I think that this movie can be salvaged 100%? And why? You still have China, you still have Japan, you still have 
South Korea. You still have some other markets that are considerably, um, maybe not overall game changers alone, but all together can definitely um, benefit uh, this film going forward. Because you look back at the first Secret Life of Pets, it made $60 million in China. Um, it, it went on to do decent numbers in other in some of these other markets 17 million south korea 40 million in japan so even if secret life of pets do can half those numbers it should salvage itself decently and maybe go for 400 million by the end which is which is a big jump um but we'll see what happens but still it's one of the weirdest things ever just to see a film franchise go from 800 million plus to 220 million with its next movie and even domestically here it's not it hasn't been a huge hit i mean they they're getting some benefits uh in terms of just the kids are out of school it's summer you've now grossed 131 million domestically here but 131 million domestically is um is not close at all to the 368 million domestically that the first one made so so i think this franchise is probably dead in the water here with the second one but illumination is a is a studio uh a production studio under under the head of universal and they do very well in terms of budgeting their films. All their movies are budgeted as I think Nick touched on in past weeks around 60 to $80 million. They're made for cheap. They're made for good money um, for kind of these types of animated movies. So I think they're smart with how they do things so that they should be okay in the end, but it's just still so odd to see this happen. Yeah, I would, would definitely agree. Um, and yeah, there's just not a whole lot more to discuss about secret life of pets too. Um, but I do want to touch on just kind of how lackluster of a summer it's been as far as sequels go. Um, we've had Secret Life of Pets 2, Men in Black International, which is just pretty much completely dropped off the map. Uh, we've had uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, Dark Phoenix, um, a lot of these sequels that have just kind of come and just been dismal and dropped. Um, and I was thinking about it the other day. It's been a weird year for. Um, unnecessary fourth installments so you look at toy story 4 no one really ever thought that would come men in black international is a quasi reboot and then you look at dark phoenix you know the x-men trilogy was kind of over and they threw this together um and you just have like toy story 4 seems to have hit but men in black international and dark phoenix have just completely sunk and been uh, about as lackluster as you can get yeah it's 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 rough when you kind of look at the numbers of, of these two films and just kind of how much of a drop-off they are from the rest of the franchise. I mean, uh, the sad thing about Men in Black uh, International is you look at that opening weekend, $30 million. That's a lower opening weekend than the other films in this franchise, and some of the, those movies came out 20-plus years ago. I mean, inflation has not <laughs> been kind to Men in Black International because it wasn't saved by inflation. It, um $30 million is, is not a very good opening for a film, uh, for a franchise that started its first movie in 1997 uh, with a $51 million opening. A $51 million opening in 97 is is like, what, at least 70 today. Uh, so you look at this film opening up to $30 million, Men in Black International, it, it's pretty rough. Uh, it's definitely rough. And it is a very weird year at the box office, 100%. And, um I think there have been a lot of duds. Uh, I, don't, I just can't fully explain it. I think you also have a lot of these movies that aren't really great either. I mean, a lot of these films, um, they they kind of need the good word of mouth. They need to be good out the gate. They People need to go see them and enjoy them. They need 
decent press. They need decent critic reviews. I mean, blockbusters in the summer, they don't need to be uh, perfect um, in the eyes of the critics. They don't need to be the greatest movies ever, um, but they need kind of passable or average reviews so people are not uh, not kind of discouraged to go see these things. And it, it has been a weird year for sure. Um, but I think by the end of the year, we'll look back and I think a lot of these big studios are going to hopefully try to make up for their mistakes and learn from their mistakes. Yeah, hopefully there's some lessons learned from it. Um, if we've learned anything from studios, they probably won't learn those lessons for a while. But um, <laughs> hopefully they'll be a little bit more cautious about when it's good to kind of dust off these these old franchises um, and when it's better to just kind of leave them where they're at. So you look at like Men in Black as a franchise, the only like genuinely mind-blowingly successful one was the first movie, uh, which was just everyone thought uh, Jurassic Park or the Lost World Jurassic Park was going to take the summer of 97 and Men in Black just kind of came out of nowhere and just owned everything. And they're just, Sony has been trying to forcibly recreate that, that success for 22 years since then and <laughs> have just never really figured it out. And when we talked about Shaft a few weeks ago, Nick and I talked about that. There's been one successful Shaft movie in 1970 and they've made four sequels and reboots trying to recreate that and sometimes like the magic is there once and then it's just gone and i don't i don't think studios really know what to do when that's the case no for sure yeah and I, sure. I mean even if you at go, least i think in july yep continue i mean even if you go back to like the lego movie this year um the first lego movie was almost a 500 million dollar movie worldwide and the sequels have you know that this current lego movie too that just came out uh was hovering uh, significantly below that, like half of what the Lego movie was at. Last time I checked, it had barely cracked 200 million, if it even managed to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's just another case where, like, yeah, this movie came out, people loved it. Um, people, you know, the audience and critical reactions have still been good for the franchise, but it's just the magic just isn't there. And I think this year we've seen a lot of instances where the magic just hasn't been there. For sure. I think July, uh, the, the box office in July will definitely be rejuvenated a bit. Spider-Man right off the gate uh, is going gonna, is gonna to definitely uh, kind of rejuvenate this box office a little bit. And even Toy Story has, but to a, to a grand extent, I think Spider-Man's going to kind of rake in that, that money. And I mean, you look a little bit further down the line, The Lion King's going to be massive. I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I mean, Tarantino, um, these aren't movies that are going to blow up and be billion-dollar movies, but Tarantino, these last... Uh, 10 to 15 years every movie he puts out is pretty strong at the box office and will make a couple hundred million dollars so i mean uh we should see a def a definite resurgence at the box office in july yeah i'd I'd agree and um before we jump into spider-man talk a little bit um i do want to talk about endgame had the re-release this week it didn't quite pull the numbers that captain marvel did the week before endgame came out so the week before endgame came out Captain Marvel was not re-released, but it did have a significant bump just as people were kind of getting ready for more Marvel movies and clamoring for, uh, you know, what else Marvel could offer them. So it bumped up about 12%, had about a $14 million weekend, 
um, the weekend leading up to Endgame. Endgame did have the re-release this week with additional content at the end, and that did bump it up quite a bit. Um, so it it did haul in a little bit over 5.5 million this week, but it wasn't you know quite as significant as the numbers Captain Marvel did the week before, and we're at a point where it's it's pretty speculative whether or not Endgame will cross Avatar's record. It's about 26 million dollars short if you're counting the re-release uh, record for Avatar. It has eclipsed Avatar's original run um, in terms of its global box office haul. But as far as total box office haul, counting the re-release for Avatar and Endgame, Endgame is still about twenty-six million dollars short, give or take. Um, do you have any? Do you think it's going to pass Endgame, or is it kind of a close but not quite deal we're going to get to? Um, so I kind of look at this Endgame re-release, and I think about a couple of things. I mean, I had no idea how this thing was going to do. Um, Five point five million dollars in your little kind of recut. Uh, re-release sort of sort of deal i expected a little bit higher um in terms of numbers just because you look at endgame in 357 million first weekend uh, um that's that's insane and i thought there were going to be a lot of diehard fans that would want to come out to not only see a little bit new stuff but also just to celebrate the moment a little bit more so 5.5 million that's not bad considering this movie had its uh, like its uh, standard release two months ago um, but I thought this movie was definitely going to do 10 million this weekend. I thought Endgame was kind of going to pull out a $10 million domestically, maybe 20 million worldwide and kind of shoot for that avatar number a little bit more. But I think that the film just jumped up 10 million globally this weekend. So that's about 5.5 here domestically. And I, I know it did get a worldwide re-release. So it wasn't just North America. Uh, a lot of other foreign markets also had this new. So it was able to add another 4.5 overseas, another 5.5 here domestically. 10 million this weekend is not going to get you to Avatar. Um, 26, 27 million dollars short of Avatar, as you said. It's going to take a little bit. It might take a uh, Oscars campaign re-release. <laughs> it might take uh, yet another one next January um, if they if they do go for that, which I've heard kind of buzz about that. Um, that because I know they uh, screened the film for Academy uh, voters back when it came out. Um, so we'll see what happens for sure. Uh, but I think if I had to kind of just say today what my thoughts are after this re-release weekend, I will say no, that I don't think it will pass, um, pass Avatar. I mean, I thought, um, coming into the weekend, it was about 35 shy. Now it's 25, 26, 27 shy. Um, I thought this movie was only going to be 20 shy, uh, by the end of this weekend, maybe even less than that. So I don't think it will pass Avatar. Um, but it's so weird that they, that they almost are at the same kind of number. I thought, um, what a way to end, you know? I mean, you, you make so much money at the start, a $1.2 billion opening for Endgame, and you end up just coming literally a couple tens of millions of dollars shy, probably by the end, or maybe around 10 to $15 million shy, which is kind of weird uh, that, that it was so close. Um, it's just, it's interesting to me, but no, I, I expected this to, to do a little bit better. Um, but I mean, it's whatever. I mean, this movie is a huge movie, right? I mean, you can't, <laughs> you can't really say that you can't really feel bad for them. I mean, over $2.76 billion now, uh, that's insane. And, uh, end game is the movie of the year and the movie of the decade. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, you know, it may have a little bit more of a bump this week as it is holiday weekend. 
you'll have a lot of people going before they go see Spider-Man still. Um, mm-hmm. You'll have a lot of overflow from Spider-Man as well. So whenever Spider-Man um, is sold out or, you know, you're not able to get seats or whatnot, I think Endgame will see a lot of that overflow for the families that, you know, they're already at the movie theater. The kids are already there. Might as well take them to see something. Right. Um, but yeah, without another re-release either for Labor Day at the end of the summer or for an Oscars campaign, I think it's just going to fall short, um, which is, like you said, just like a really interesting spot for this movie to be at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, you look at the theater average, twenty-seven, sorry, $2,700, um, 2700 It was their theater average uh, this weekend, which is quite good. That's better than Men in Black and international which was ahead of it overall um it's better than child's play it's better than rocketman it's better than even john wick um so it's it's doing solid in terms of that uh so maybe theaters won't throw it out right away maybe they'll hold on to this cut a little bit longer than uh they were expecting to um and you're right spider-man's gonna give it a bump this holiday weekend's gonna give it a bump but i still just don't think it will be enough uh to quite get them to the uh 2.788 2.788 billion that avatar has um it's weird though it's interesting yeah and so before we wrap up just want to uh talk about spider-man a little bit so mm-hmm. um the spider-man films have all been pretty high grocers um just overall the lowest grossing one is spider-verse which because it is animation and it is i mean really there aren't many movies to compare it to like spider-verse is kind of genuinely its own thing um, it's hard to compare it numbers-wise, but numbers-wise, uh, Spider-Man always hangs out around uh, $700, 800000000 million. But do you think Far From Home could be our first billion-dollar Spider-Man? Um, let me let me kind of think about this because it's weird. Because it, it, Spider-Man, you look at Spider-Man as a franchise, and as you said, it's kind of hard to compare uh, into the Spider-Verse because it's it's something that we've never seen before. I mean, it still went on to make great money worldwide, right? $375 million, did a pretty solid job. But you look at the other kind of live-action Spider-Man movies, and it's weird that they're all kind of around the same. Uh, Spider-Man 3 is the highest-grossing one at $890 million. Homecoming, $880. Um, the original Spider-Man back in 2002 at $821. Spider-Man 2, a little under that, $780. And both Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 were in the mid to low $700 million range. So, I mean, all of them are around the same. I think with Far From Home, you're either going to get this or you're going to get a runaway Spider-Man hit and this thing will blow past a billion dollars. I think from what we're seeing from Marvel this year in the MCU, Captain Marvel was a huge hit. Endgame, huge hit. Like, insane. Uh, I think Far From Home can definitely do a billion dollars. It can It can definitely be huge. Um I'm pretty interested to see how that does because it's not only a testament as to will the MCU continue to have legs past Endgame, but it's a testament to um, how big is Spider-Man, how big is the MCU, what what can they do uh, here, and is this kind of summer slaughter release around the July 4th weekend um, a smart one? And I think that we'll see. Um, but just to put this out there, uh, at the time of we're recording this, Far From Home is already... He made $111 million worldwide uh, because they opened up in Japan and China this past weekend already. So $111 million has already been made for Far From Home. So they just got another uh, under under $900 million to go before they get to a billion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, Spider-Man's 
when the original one came out, it had the highest uh, domestic opening weekend of all time. Mm-hmm. And it held that record for quite a while, if I remember. Um, and it's always been a solid performer. But we are at a very unique moment with the Marvel Universe and with Spider-Man in general. So you look at, um, you know, that it's it's funny looking at you know how successful endgame has been these past few months but there are a lot of people that are speculating you know whether or not marvel really has legs now that robert downey jr is gone now that uh chris evans is gone and these kind of lead characters that help start the universe are, are, are dipping out um but i think just the hype around infinity war just bled into everything uh last year um hype with black panther the hype with endgame now spilled into captain marvel like you said um endgame is is the second highest grossing movie of all time and i i think this will put spider-man over the edge i think marvel has proven that people are really clamoring for more of what it has to offer you know i don't know if that'll go on forever but i think right now especially with far from home being uh pitched as kind of a direct continuation of the story from endgame you know what is the marvel universe what does the world look like without iron man i think this could very easily, and I fully expect this to be the first billion-dollar Spider-Man movie. Yeah, and I think if – I'm not going to beg Spider-Man here because I love Spider-Man, one of my favorite superheroes, my favorite Marvel hero. Um, uh, and, and I love the movies. I think Homecoming was a solid film. I like what they've done with Tom Holland's Spider-Man in here. Um, but I will say that if this is a billion-dollar movie, it's not because of the character Spider-Man. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say it's mm-hmm. because of the MCU. I'm going to say it's because of Endgame, and I'm going to say it's because of – just how global and um, how how high the MCU has risen. Uh, so I, I think this this can definitely be a billion dollars, but not just because of the character Spider-Man, but because of just how big the MCU is on a global level and here in North America. Yeah, and I think it's funny how Sony's most successful franchise at this point is uh, the one that Sony actually has the least input on. <laughs> um, you just look at, like, Sony doesn't have that many strong franchises right now we just talked about um you know men in black has you know just heavily floundered um we talked about how you know they 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 really just don't have a lot you know they have jumanji welcome to the jungle that was a surprise runaway hit two years ago they've got a sequel coming out um who knows where that will land but yeah spider-man is kind of their flagpole right now and it's just funny because, you know, <laughs> they have the uh, least amount of input over what they can do and, and what characters pop in and where the story goes. Um, and it's just another testament to the kind of strength and goodwill that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has at the box office right now. For sure. I mean, they, they trust Disney to uh, handle Spidey well. Um, it, it's, it's pretty cool. But I also want to kind of talk about something interesting real quick, kind of a runaway topic here, but still – touching on spider-man so it's pretty cool i've started my own podcast with uh movie babble it's uh movie babble presents it's babble with brennan um the first episode will be coming out soon but the second episode uh, we're gonna have colin on here uh it's gonna be us ranking all the spider-man live action and uh, into the spider-verse we're gonna be ranking them all from our least favorite to our favorite and uh, i'm looking forward to that so i just kind of wanted to throw that out there for some of the listeners who maybe want to jump over and listen to that as well when that comes out it'll be post far from home so that'll be included so i think that's something that me and colin are definitely both looking forward to yeah i know i'm excited to be on it um i i love spider-man it's you know i grew up with these movies i don't know you're the same way like this spider-man was like the superhero franchise when i was a kid Mm -hmm. um and i've 
as much as like the Spider-Man franchises have hurt me over the years, I, I love them and I'm super excited to talk about them with you. For sure. I know I've been to the, I went to the movies before uh, Spider-Man three, but, uh, and, and I know that because my parents have told me I've seen kind of the old stubs that we've kept. Uh, but I, I've, it's the Spider-Man three was the first movie I remember seeing in theaters. I, I, I knew I saw movies before that, but it's the first movie I remember going to the theaters to see. So yeah, the character Spider-Man has been a big part of uh, a lot of people's lives. And I think it'll, it'll definitely be a fun chat. And the fun thing we're doing is we're not telling each other our lists going into it. So uh, it's going to be pretty cool to kind of go back and forth from our uh, lowest to, 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 to highest on the, on the scale, on the ranking and not really know what's going to be next. I think that'll be kind of, kind of cool interplay for our, uh, for the, uh, for the episode. Yeah, I think so too. So that pretty much wraps everything up for this week. And we'll be back next week. It is a bit of a longer weekend. So you have, like we said, Spider-Man opening up on July 2nd for the most part. Um, this Thursday is the 4th of July in the United States. And so we'll have a, a lot, a busier weekend at the box office, I would say, um, and a longer weekend to take the estimates from. But other than that, we will be back next week talking about Spider-Man Far From Home. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Movie Babble podcast. Again, you can check us out online at moviebabblereviews.com and join us next week as we talk about the opening weekend for Spider-Man Far From Home and Midsummer. Midsummer.